Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. Let me start today with one of my favorite Winston Churchill quotes. If you know me at all, you know that I love Winston Churchill and I tweet his quotes and I've written books about Winston Churchill. But uh, one of my favorite quotes is very relevant to what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes today. And it's this. He said, when the tones of life ring false, we should refer to the tuning fork of death. And I, I know that that's not a very, very, uh, you know, exciting thing to talk about, death. But I'm, I'm more aware of that quote uh, recently than I have been in a while. And in large part because I had a dear friend pass away. His name was David Foster. He's a pastor here in Nashville, uh, where I'm sitting now. Uh, he he had a good life, effective life, wonderful family. He was a good man and friend to many. Um, but at one morning, uh, fifty eight years old, he simply didn't wake up. And uh, so we, you know, did his funeral and, and have loved uh, the family and uh, miss him dearly. He was actually a writer for Chartwell Literary Group, which uh, which is one of the firms that Bev and I run. And so I've been thinking a great deal about death, and I wanted just to do a little bit of a of a riff on that uh, today. One of the things Winston Churchill was trying to say uh, was that we will live a more fine-tuned life. We will live perhaps a more elevated life. Uh, we will live better if we will think in terms of our death. Now, th- that's not new with Churchill. Um, there's an ancient proverb that says, uh, the, the, the death is the destiny of all men and the living should take this to heart. Death is the destiny of all men and the living should take this to heart. All throughout history, almost every generation has had a way of urging people to think about death because they believe that people would live better lives if they would contemplate their end. That's why, for example, when you go to Europe, you see skulls embedded in the architecture of uh, old European uh, our cathedrals and what have you. Uh, often you'll see paintings, perhaps from the Dutch Renaissance, where you'll see a man have a skull on his desk, and you're thinking, you know, in terms of the modern symbolism of skulls, what in the world is he doing with a skull on his desk? Well, he may have been a medical doctor, but more likely, uh, given the painting, uh, it's a symbol that the painter's putting there in there to say he was a wise man. He contemplated the meaning of his death. Uh, men used to sign letters, memento mori which is the Latin for remember death. And so all throughout history, there's been some mechanism by which people have motivated each other, helped each other live a higher life by thinking about their deaths. Now, why is this important? Why does it help? Why, why would we want to do that? Well, it's because, first of all, we're all going to die. Uh, as Jim Morrison used to say humorously, semi-humorously at his, uh, uh, at his concerts, nobody gets out of here alive. Uh, we're all going to die. And the question is, how do you die and what do you leave behind? So when my, when my friend, who is only, by the way, five years older than I, uh, I am, I'm 53, uh, passed away pretty much of natural causes, just, just went. Uh, he, he was done. Uh, you begin to think about those things. And not because I'm 53, as far as I know. I mean, my grandmother lived till she was 97. I have every reason to think I'll be here for decades. But you just never know. And so the question is not so much how will you die and how do I want to die and when do I think I'll die? Those are questions we really can't answer. The real question is what do you want to leave behind 
when you die? What is going to be your legacy? In other words, live in such a way that you leave a legacy that ennobles people. Now, that starts at a material level, and I do want to make a quick comment about that. Uh, I've had a number of friends die in the last few years, um, many of whom, uh, much to my surprise, uh, had no life insurance, left their spouses in a pretty destitute situation almost immediately. I mean, they could sell a house, they could sell furniture, they could sell goods, but there was no life insurance, there was no plan. Uh, in some cases, even the funeral expenses, you know, wiped wiped them out. They had not made prior arrangements. So, I'm a, I'm a bit of a of a I'm a, not just a bit. I'm a very strong advocate uh, of get your house in order. If you die, uh, set it up so that those who survive you are well taken care of, and that they're not excessively burdened by your funeral. But but the the broader issue is what kind of legacy are you leaving now this is partly about you know leaving a video where you speak to your survivors and all of that and tell them what you think of and dream of and hope for their lives but but if you if you've lived a life of you know selfishness and self-centeredness and greed and smallness and insult and hurt and wounding well then they're not going to take seriously what you say it's a great time to contemplate what you intend to leave behind. What do you want to, how do you want to impact this world? What do you want living in the souls of your survivors? That's what the great ancient words that death is the destiny of all men and the living should take it to heart. That's what Winston Churchill was saying when he said we should refer to the tuning fork of death. And I, I think that, that there's, there's even a healthy exercise that all of us might consider. I attended a seminar once when I, where we were asked to write the obituaries we would like to have uh, written of us when we die. And it was very instructive for me because at that time in my life, my time was spent doing things just by virtue of my job and family needs that really didn't reflect the priority of what I would like to leave behind. Now, we can't always control these things, but in my case, I could control these things. I made a, a, a gradual shift and I began to emphasize things like writing and teaching and training others that were uh, more in line with the legacy that I hope to leave in this fictional uh, obituary that I had written. It was a very, very helpful exercise. So we're not God. We don't control our lives. We don't determine our own destinies, but we can at least choose to live the higher form of our life. And if you scan the great lives of history, you find that in almost every case where people had to pull themselves out of some kind of difficult circumstances, a Helen Keller, for example, um, and, and rise to something greater, they almost always did it by contemplating the meaning of death. What would it mean? What would it mean to others? What would live in the hearts of their survivors? And what could they leave the world? There was a humorous way I heard this expressed when I was researching uh, Oprah Winfrey. Her father, Vernon Winfrey, said he used to have a sign in his shop, uh, his barber shop here in Nashville, and it said, Live in such a way that at your funeral, the preacher doesn't have to tell lies about you. And that was kind of a reverse African-American fun way of saying, live in such a way that when they say great things about you at your funeral, uh, they're true. And that, I think, is the lesson that I'm taking away, not only from the death of my friend recently, but also the counsel of some of the great people who have lived in history. I could go on by the hour on this, but the bottom line is that greatness and the highest form of life and the most fruitful form of life and the happiest form of life comes from considering what we want our death to mean, what we want to leave behind, and the legacy that we leave to our survivors and the world. 
Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox Cable News and CNN, and a blogger for the Huffington Post. His groundbreaking books on faith and American politics include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, and the upcoming The Mormonization of America. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com or connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group. Thank you.